All right, y'all. So we're back a hundred percent. Been a hundred percent, but uh, Jeff was uh, scared because uh, I, I didn't. I was feeling much better, but I didn't have my taste buds back. I didn't. I wasn't able to taste or smell anything. But uh, I got that back yesterday. So I'm back all the way. Um, but Jeff didn't want to take any chances, so he you know just decided not to not to come through with the pod this week. But um, you know, I think we should be back to the uh, status quo next week. Uh, I mean, I was kind of a little annoyed because, I mean, if anything, I was the one that was suffering. Like, I feel perfectly fine, but can't taste or smell. And I love food, like, a lot. It, it A lot. It, like, somewhat bad. Very, very unhealthy for a long, long period of my life. And it showed. And it definitely showed. But, I mean, you know, still, you know. But, you know, it's just not the same. But anyway, I love food. And not being able to taste it really annoyed the fuck out of me. And he's worried about fucking possibly catching it. I mean, again, he said it on the pod, herd immunity. But whatever. We, it is what it is. Now, I do find it interesting that the last time I was this type of sick was January 2020. COVID came in in March, or at least we identified it as COVID in March. And, well, the rest is history. Oh, I just find it funny that the second that I get sick for the first time in quite some time, then as soon as I get better, I get on Twitter and I see disease X is trending and the UK is working on vaccines for new COVID variants. And now there's 50,000 more new COVID variants. I'm just like, wow, what are the fucking odds? Well, you know, at least I got it again, but they're literally running the same play, same script. Like, you know, at some point we got to, we got to update the defense guys. Like we can't just keep going out there in a fucking covered, like whatever. Can't can't keep going. <laughs> what we call it? What we call it? Thirty-four cover three. <laughs> nah, it should have been a forty-three. Anyway, regardless, irrelevant. But um, stay healthy, stay healthy, guys, because shit's popping up. Election year, so it is what it is. <laughs> so great to taste again. Uh, now, uh, just a couple of things I want to talk about. This is going to be a short and sweet because I, I am a little bit behind. You know, I guess I should give you all a little bit of backstory. Um, this is actually take two at the pod this week. Um, I recorded a couple of days ago and I was I was um, I was in a different state of mind. Uh, I was I was pretty uh, frustrated with um, the uh, growing worse by the day social media awareness or lack thereof, of um, people that follow me. So, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I went hard. I went hard. But, you know, I guess, I, you know, I'll, I'll dial it back. But it just, guys, 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 I'll just, I'll just say this. I'll just say this one last time, guys. There is absolutely nothing, anybody, anywhere, there's no reason. Why you should get on any platform, any social media platform. Do your little normal BS scroll. See eight to ten things that not only you enjoy, but you think I'm going to enjoy or want to see. There's no way. There's no way. I refuse to believe it, even though like I come on this podcast very often and say I'm a narcissist. I refuse to believe that you're thinking about me that much. So it's got to be something else. And there was something that I wanted to get into and, you know, 
that was before I got sick and everything, but the value of phone calls, <clears throat> the value of phone calls, it needs to be explored because I feel that if I'm able to communicate with you, and I mean, we, I guess we all need and crave different levels of communication, but I, I'm filled. I'm filled with the uh, communication patterns that I have with the people that I communicate with. And uh, if you're not, well, good luck to you. <clears throat> good luck to you. Anyway, uh, Kai Sinet, Kai Sinet this past weekend, he was uh, did some shit um, in New York, uh, had a PlayStation giveaway and uh, caused riots and shit got crazy and he got arrested and everything. He should be fine and, it's, you know, it's not going to be a thing. But I do believe this is programming for, uh, I mean, this they, they laid the foundation for, I mean, we're coming into an election year, so if people of opposing PC beliefs were to mobilize or congregate, uh, we have now shown precedent that, you know, uh, we just shut that shit down. And not only shut that shit down, these people should be arrested for uh, doing something. And I think that there could be pretty similar to in 2020, how uh, Black Lives Matter, I mean, there was two factions of it, like, you know, the there was, you know, just niggas that was just outside having block parties. And then there was Antifa who was causing mayhem. Um, but they were all just kind of lumped and jumbled into one thing. Uh, so, I mean, Casanet's demographic is kids. So, I mean, I'm not too surprised that, you know, kids, you know, went crazy in New York City. But, I mean, it could also very easily have been paid actors to give promo and well, blow this shit up. I mean, in this influencer day and age, these niggas will do any and anything for clout. Like they they came up in a different era, man. I'm actually kind of jealous of it. So at times, very much so. But regardless, regardless, uh, I I do believe that. Um, I mean, I said last. Well, did I put that out? Yeah, I think that's the last episode I put out. Uh, I said I think uh, Andrew Tate should be Donald Trump's uh, vice president. And he's got he's got a hold he's got pool and influence on the youth. So I mean, if he were to say, "Hey, I'm gonna be in Central Park, or I'm gonna be in you know the Olympic Village, or whatever in Atlanta," maybe not. Well, I mean, he is black, but it's just you know if he just comes to America for any reason, says this is where I'm gonna be, and people decide to show up there because they want to see him and meet him and do all this shit, like it could get crazy, it could get out of hand. And if you know, aren't a fan of Andrew Tate or his message or anything like that, then maybe you send out some uh, Antifa or some, you know, paid disruption. I'm just saying. Because they weren't able to get him. Well, at least not yet. But I mean, looks looks to be what we all knew. Well, what people that aren't uh, just eating up anything that they say. Um, anybody objectively that had the facts. It, it, it seems to be, you know unraveling for them so that would be another way to get them and they they, they definitely want them they definitely want them just like they want trump so you know, maybe that's another thing you know hey if trump's having a rally well let's send some paid disruption so, yeah something to think about um the uh, all, all these things are hap they they're done for a reason it's all all programming programming has evolved from the mediums that we knew before it, it's evolved from your screen and your headset it's it's much more. It's it's everything. 
All right, uh, I want to talk about Johnny Manziel real quick. Uh, this is gonna be a short one. This is gonna be a short episode, guys. It's gonna be a short episode. I, I <laughs> the one that I didn't put out, I, I I went, I went, I went, and a solid forty five minutes of that were me. Sh- ah man, that was that was that was that's some rare energy. That's some rare energy, guys. That's four thirty seven energy. Anyway, Johnny Manziel documentary untold netflix go watch it uh it was fun to just relive some of those times and you know get a little bit more information a lot of it with things that you know most of us already knew and then you know, had had a little tiny not not much not not anything drastic but obviously my roommate in college or one of my roommates in college is very close friends with a member of that texas a&m football team so you know we would hear little things from time to time just you know from him, so you know it, it. It was nice to see the bigger scale of all of that. Uh, but something that's funny to me, people that you know aren't, I guess, I guess who don't really know football or what, what goes, how the sausage is made. Better yet, uh, you just kind of assume that you know. Well, you know, athletes, you know, you lift weights, you practice, you watch film, you do da da da. Like you know, you just kind of assume those things. But actually, seeing how the sausage is made gives you a different perspective. Uh, So I find it hilarious that people watch that and are blown away that Johnny Manziel claims. And and I mean, (laughs) the the key word is claim because I mean, I... I I, I, I played football in college. I I was on the team in college. Like, it's impossible. It is impossible for you to not watch film ever. Now, to do the extra film study that they would, you know, hope that your quarterback does, you know, certainly. But I find it hilarious that people are surprised that he said he didn't watch film. I, I really do. Like, I mean, look at the way he played. <laughs> none of that shit is, you, you don't you don't practice none of that shit. It was all bullshit, but it worked and it was electric. Uh, but, but yeah, I find that hilarious that that was one of the big takeaways. Um, but also, I mean, it's just, it's crazy that he's basically the grandfather of the NIL deal, or at least should have been. Uh, and he apparently got taken down for, you know, signing autographs for, I started off at 30,000 and then just kept doing it. But I mean, altogether, if he was just, if he was just six, seven years younger, he could have did all the same shit and have been an even bigger star. That's what's crazy. That's what's crazy. And I'm actually thus far very surprised with how mature, uh, the college players have been with these big NIO deals. I'm, I'm very surprised, uh, cause I, I, I would have expected a lot more problems, earlier on and i mean i'm sure there has been a couple of things here or there but it, it hasn't been what i thought it would be but i did not think that having 18 and 19 year olds making five six seven x with their position coaches are making would would work out but thus far it, it seems to you know well i guess it's well the transfer portal i guess you would say it's not working out because if there are any issues or disagreements they just leave that school so i guess it's a give and take just what johnny could have been in today's day Oh, well. Lastly, since I'm talking about football, Tristan Wurst, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman. He was a right tackle. Now they're trying to have him play left tackle. And uh, he's complaining about anxiety and things like that. And, you know, I do have a unique perspective of this because I, too, not in the NFL, uh, but I played right tackle the majority of my life. And then I get to college and I'm told that I'm a left tackle now. And uh, that was a bit of a, that was, that was a huge, that was tough. That was difficult. 
Um, and anybody that's played offensive line, they 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 know if you're if you're comfortable on one side and then you have to do something, it's like it's like a completely different game. Um, not everybody is able to easily transition from both sides, and if you are able to, then I mean that you know most of the times those are the guys that are playing at the next level. Um, and you can have guys that are great that can start and be amazing all conference at one position, but you move them to another and it just it doesn't work. And it blows my mind because the footwork is different. Your understanding of the play is different. Uh, if you ever are switching back and forth, everything that you do is backwards. And not only that, you're seeing because oftentimes the left tackle is going to be the blind side. So that's, you can make the case, the most important position on the field because they're protecting the quarterback, which we all agree is the most important position on the field. So I, I definitely understand that extra layer of pressure that Tristan Wurst could be feeling, but you can't vocalize that shit, man. Yeah, you can't, you can't vocalize that. It, it's, it's valid. I mean, he's, Again, played on the right side his entire life, and now he's at the highest level of his craft, and he's being asked to do something that he's never done before and do it at an extremely high level. Actually, at the absolute best level against the absolute best who have been playing their position primary. I mean, defense is a little different. Like, yeah, it's different on being on different sides, but you're, you know, you're... I think it's an easier transition. <laughs> I think it's an easier transition, uh, especially seeing how they oftentimes throughout a drive will switch where they line up. But an offensive, uh, a center's a center's a center's a center's a center. A guard's a guard's a guard's a guard's a guard. Well, guards guards can move around, but you you get my point. You understand what I'm trying to say. And uh, I you know I do find it funny though. Now that I think about this, in college, you know, I came in as a right tackle. I always felt more comfortable in the little bit of reps that I was able to get at right tackle. But a majority of my college career was on the left side. And I was by no means, like, I mean, right tackle is somewhat easier to play. I ain't going to lie to you. Unless you got a, you know, a right-handed quarterback or a left-handed quarterback. It's, it's, it's low-key easier to play. But, yeah, yeah. It was interesting just thinking back why I was the one that got the opportunity of being responsible for the left side, albeit in a backup role. But it was it's interesting because I mean you know like you would think that you know that's your most important. But yeah, you know, I whatever. It, it what's done is done. It's in the past. It is it is what it is. Um, last thing I'll end on real quick. Hard knocks is back. Uh, my Jets are winning the Super Bowl. I went through all the NFL shit. Um, I'll be talking about that more in detail. I actually talked about a little bit of that in the episode that I did, but I'm, you know, I'm not putting it out. So, yeah, sorry about that. But um, I think we got an ultimate misdirection. I'm um, saying it here first. Definitely going to change my mind because the whole NFL thing that I did, I have a completely different take. But like I said, everything is programming earlier on. Programming has evolved. It's more, you know, there's more nuance to it. But the traditional methods of programming are still utilized. And uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm picking up what they're putting down. Everything that we saw from episode one of Hard Knocks is Jets are going to the fucking Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers is, I, I, honestly, I've been criminally underrating Aaron Rodgers my whole, his whole career. So my bad, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, they, they got a dude now. So obviously they're they're winning the Super Bowl, but they opened up Hard Knocks 
with Robert Sala giving a speech to his team. And I remember, and you know, I'm definitely reading too much into this, but at the same time, I mean, they, uh, once you notice patterns, things change. Once you notice patterns, things change. But in his speech, he talked about an eagle and a crow going at it, fighting, all that, you know, some story about, you know, all that shit. And the eagle was eventually victorious. So obviously, in my conspiracy, everything's hidden in plain sight, riddled, riddled ass. I took that to mean he is literally, quite literally telling us the Eagles and the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl and the Eagles are winning. You heard it here first, August 10th, when I recorded this, 2023, Eagles, Ravens, Eagles winning the Super Bowl. God, I hope Wesley or Jeff never hear this. <laughs> 